Living in, With, and For Christ, a podcast dedicated to looking at the things around us from a Christian perspective, seeking to give glory to Christ in any and every situation. Today, Pastor Brian and myself will be continuing our discussion on what hinders us from receiving the love of the Father, more specifically, unrepentance. So saddle up, boys and girls. Here we go again. in the saddle back back in the saddle you got it. i wish i could sing that song properly i'd do it but god nobody wants that so we're going to be continuing our discussion on what hinders us from receiving the love of the father and even like we said more specifically unrepentance so yes. I'm, I'm going to let you just kind of go. This is going to kind of, I'm really interested in listening to this topic. So I'm going to let you kind of be a pastor here and uh, maybe do a little sermon. And uh, I'll be the rowdy guy that stands up and raises his hand and asks a question. Brothers and <laughs> <Yeah>. sisters. <laughs> I'll give you an amen every now and then. Uh, because I think this is such an important topic. It is. And I don't know that the, the Christian Protestant church does service to it. And, um, I'll just leave that comment there. But again, we're kind of picking it up from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and grieving the Holy Spirit. And I I want to say, because I'm just, just think how different people's lives would be if this was addressed. Yes. That's, that's where I'm coming from. So I want to apply it to my life. Amen. You know, and, but I can just see, I see people. Oh, I hope you do. (laughs) I can see people just walking around that it just seems like that they're not applying this to their life at all. I can't tell you how many, I would say hundreds at this point of conversations I've had that struggle. It's like, well, I'm not a good enough Christian. And so am I saved? And it leads to that. I was that, I was that guy when I I talked to you. I just, and this is so important and just understanding again, resting and trusting in the victory of Christ Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to enable and empower and and inspire us out of that assurance of faith. Again, not because we have to, but because we get to, and hopefully because we We want want to. to. And there is a big theological differentiation between have to and want to. Right. Yeah. And so... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 talked about, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed. Simply put, grieving the Holy Spirit is walking in unrepentance, in walking in complacency, in walking in all of those things. So we talked about the sin that we are to cultivate. And last episode, I talked about my garden. Mm -hmm. And this is very much like a garden. And let's use that analogy and kind of flesh this out a little bit. So the seeds that we sow in our life, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Again, God is doing the work. He's the one that provided everything for those seeds to to sprout and flourish and just really grow and bear fruit. All of that is God's work. We have a responsibility, as it says earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, we plant the seeds and we hoe the garden. Mm -hmm. We weed the garden. What happens when you don't? The weeds aren't going to stop. No, absolutely not. So that's like sin. So the weeds are sin. Right. You know, and I'm not likening this to the parable of the weeds and the wheat. It's not, that's not the same application. But for us here today, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And we need to cultivate a garden in which the Holy Spirit can do what God wants to do to mold us into the people God wants us to be through that brutal honesty by walking in the light as he is in the light. 
And so as we embrace a life of confession and repentance, it's really important to understand the consequences of not doing that. Right. So grieving the Holy Spirit is walking in unrepentant sin. Now that can be unforgiveness, it can be hurting someone, it can be a bunch of different things, but we're just going to globally say unrepentant sin regardless of what it is. Whether it's sexual sin, whether it's um, abuse or, or, or hate or anger or greed or even idolatry, whatever that is, walking in unrepentant sin is grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when you're talking about, because I want to make sure we know what we're talking about sin-wise, what if it's a sin that you're not even aware that you committed? Is I mean, is that covered in that, or is there a special way we'll you're... Get, we'll get to that. Okay. But right, right. now I'm going to talk about conscious, conscious unrepentant sin. Okay. sin. And so if we look at that verse in Ephesians 4.30, again, grammatically, it's in the case where we are to stop something that's already in process progress. So I don't know if he's thinking about someone specifically in the church of Ephesus or or what, but this is talking to a person who is not walking in a repentant life, who is not embracing a life of confession and repentance toward a salvation without regret. So what he's trying to say is you who are not doing this, embrace this life for your own good. You don't Mm -hmm. grieve the Holy Spirit. And so again, last episode, I talked about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Don't quench the Spirit. It's the same con- concept. Okay. I want to read to you a section of Scripture in Isaiah that really fleshes out what it is to grieve the Holy Spirit and place yourself into a place of judgment, even though you've been saved by God. Okay. So Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 through 10, is talking about God's salvation from the land of Egypt for the children of Israel. And this is what it says. And the front part of this really shows the grace, mercy, love, and compassion of the great God we serve. And so it says this, beginning in verse 7. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Amen. Mm Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that in Christ, and it's the same application point. Verse 8, for he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. What a beautiful picture of salvation. Verse 10, here's where it gets scary. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against them. That's a scary thing. And we even see this in in unforgiveness, which we'll touch on next time, Mm -hmm. where after the Lord's prayer is given in Matthew... It says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. The forgiven are called to forgive. Right. In that sense, you know, in Matthew 18, the parable of the wicked servant applies to us there. But also unrepentant sin. If we know we have sinned against the Lord and we are not walking in um, that life of confession and repentance toward the Lord— We will grieve the Holy Spirit. Samson is a great example of that. Samson was gifted by the Holy Spirit with amazing strength. 
Um, it wasn't his hair. <laughs> yeah. It was obedience to the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit rushed upon Samson. Samson defeated his enemies. That's the formula. Right. Samson had a sexual sin problem. Verse chapter 16, verse 1, it begins, and he visited a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So he had a sexual sin problem. He meets this woman, Delilah, who is one of the most maniacal narcissists in Scripture. Mm-hmm. She tries to deceive him four times. You'd think he'd get the message, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. And he kept coming back to her because he was probably addicted to this sexual sin that he had. Right. There might have been an aspect where he couldn't get himself rid of or shake himself out of that without help. Right. But he allowed it to continue. He walked in unrepentant sin. And finally, as she deceives him, she cuts his hair. And it says in verse 20, Samson did not know that the Lord had left him. His heart became so hardened by sin and that unrepentance that the Spirit of God left him and he didn't even realize it. And you think someone like Samson, if his heart can get hardened, I mean, just think about it. I mean, it's just same with us. Yeah. I mean, he saw the miracle of God in him every time he defeated all of those enemies in a miraculous fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it even goes back to... Well, and he confesses to Delilah what makes him strong. Yep. When, When... Peter denied Christ three times. Yeah. He saw, I mean, he was with Christ. But again, there was so, great repentance and grief in the heart of Peter when yep. he realized what had happened. What he had done. And, and yes. this is what differentiates Samson from King David. Now, King David also had sexual sin in his life, and it caused a lot of turmoil in his family. He was a bad dad and a horrible husband, but yet he was a really good king. And as he committed a great sin against the Lord by committing adultery, and then committing murder to murder Bathsheba's husband. Mm -hmm. The prophet Nathan comes to him, reveals his sin. Who is this man that, that we, you know, we need to do something about him. That man is you. Yeah. And David's heart broke. Praise God. Mm -hmm. And we have Psalm 51 as a result of this. And this is what he says in Psalm 51, after being confronted with his sin, walking in the light as God is in the light embracing a life of confession and repentance toward a salvation without regret. This is what we get in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from your presence and take not your Holy Holy Spirit Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Here, grieving the Holy Spirit places us into a place of judgment. Walking in unrepentant sin, we continually allow ourselves to be placed into a place of judgment that eventually will lead to a place where the Spirit will leave us. Now, we're Lutheran. We do believe that that you can lose the grace of salvation that's given only and totally through Christ Jesus and his victory. Mm Mm-hmm. We are saved by grace through faith alone. Salvation is totally and entirely a work of God. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. What can a dead person do to save themselves? And the answer is nothing. So we, we, we acknowledge that. Salvation is totally and entirely a work of God. But then in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, for the good works that God prepared beforehand. Mm-hmm. I, we set this whole you know, um, series up with that. What are the good works? 
embracing a life of confession and repentance. That's as easy as I can put it. <laughs> and, 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 and to work toward unity and spiritual maturity in the congregation. And unity and spiritual maturity can't happen unless you foster and cultivate that environment. Last episode, yeah. you, you said that things had fallen off your life naturally. Right. But it did so because you cultivated an environment for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Right. You weeded your garden. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Not that, yep. and the weeds don't stop, do they? No, they keep coming up. And, and the Word of God graciously continues to reveal, you know, like a layers of an onion, right. more and more um, aspects of sin that cause you, you know what I'm saying? Right. To walk counterintuitively to how God wants yeah. us to walk. See, this is part of, I think this is, <laughs> just kind of makes me angry because you, you go to church all your life and you don't really get taught this. Mm-hmm. Or either, I guess when they did, we weren't paying attention. But I mean, just like on Sunday mornings, we, we sing that scripture you just read. Mm-hmm. And I've never, ever thought about what it means. Yeah. I've never, ever thought about it. Well, it's funny that you said that. I, I took a short walk today. I was studying out this, getting ready for the podcast, and I went and walked and got my mail from the post office. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do a service, you know, kind of after Rally Sunday, where I'm, I'm not going to preach a sermon. I'm going to teach what each aspect of our service means. Oh, that'd be awesome. And I that think that good. part, you know, talking about that aspect of creating me a clean heart, yep. I think it's important, plus the fact that we actually start confessing our sin before we do anything. Yeah. I mean, that's where we begin. Yep. yep. You know what I'm saying? And so, and we kind of brushed on this and I wanted to say something and I, I, I kind of forgot about it as we continued our conversation, but some people say that liturgy is too dry and it causes people to grow complacent. So they want to look for more, a more exciting church or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's bad to look for a more modern style worship service. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But quite frankly, the complacency of our heart is really our responsibility. Yep. If we're growing complacent, regardless of the worship service, that's on us. Absolutely. God hasn't lost his awe. God yep. hasn't lost his majesty. Right. He has not lost his holiness. The fear of the Lord is still the beginning of wisdom. We're the ones who haven't embraced that life of confession and repentance to foster and cultivate a heart that is humble, grateful, and thankful for what the Lord has done. Right. That's well, our responsibility. Very much so. Yep. And so, and the last thing I want to close with is how a congregation was also called to repentance by the Apostle Paul. The Church of Corinth had some crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. They had incest going on. Yep. Yep. They were misusing the gifts of the Spirit in a way that created a caste system, a spiritual caste system. Uh, they were misrepresenting and misusing the Holy Communion, the, the Lord's Supper, in a way that d- defamed and brought damnation on people. So don't tell me the Holy Spirit isn't an important part of the believer's life. Yeah, Paul called them out in bold fashion. And I'm telling you, he didn't pull any punches. He just kind of said, this is what's going on and you need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Now, there was, if you look, read carefully in 2 Corinthians, we see that many people did repent. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. But many people did not. You know, we don't know the numbers. Right. But we know that there were some who didn't and, and many, we think many who did based on what, on what he said. And so I, I've quoted this several times already, but I want to read it to you as the fruit of calling someone to repentance manifested itself by birthing shame and godly grief and humility in someone's heart 
that's cultivating an environment for the Holy Spirit to bring biblical fruit in our life. And so he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 10. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people have. Yeah. Worldly grief instead of godly grief. And what he's touching on is that parable of the four soils. He's talking about that third soil where the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches chokes off the seed that has sprouted Mm -hmm. on good soil. Right. We have to weed that garden. You know, again, salvation is totally entirely a work of God. But we have a responsibility in cultivating an environment in our life where we're hearing the word of God, where we're, rec- we're receiving the word of God, we're embracing that life of confession and repentance, and applying the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of this is abiding in Christ. It's not, it's not works. It's abiding in Christ, resting in the assurance of faith, allowing the assurance of faith, the declaration of not guilty by Christ Jesus to inspire, motivate, you know, and enable us to weed the garden. This is the easiest hard thing in the world. It's, it, <laughs> it is. You're right. It, it is. And I don't even know if I want to say it's a simple topic, but when you, when it's explained properly or when you understand it properly by the Holy Spirit, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Because it takes effort to get up and go to the garden and weed it. Absolutely. It takes effort to get up and, and constantly go to church so you can hear the word of God. It takes effort to confront your pastor who might not be preaching the gospel the way he needs to. It yeah. takes effort to take a stand and maybe go to a different church that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All of those things require a courage that only comes by the Spirit, but we still have to walk in it. Right, right. So I know that we, you know, we started giving some application to do at the end, and I don't know if you had one plan for this. I do. But, yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. But I think also something good to do would be, you know, using the garden example, if you're going to weed your garden, you got to pull that first weed. Yeah. You have to go get that. So maybe this week, just work on pulling a weed. Yeah. Just just one. Yeah, exactly. So we had um, people kind of determine what those things are. Right. You know, let's, let's diagnose it. Let's find out those things that are hindering. We put them in one of the three categories. Mm-hmm. Is it unrepentance? Well, then repent. Gotcha. I mean, it's just really that simple. Yep. Earnestly repent of that sin. And repentance isn't just saying you're sorry, it's turning from the sin in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may fall, and that's okay, but the effort, putting putting the work of the Holy Spirit into action, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit to apply God's word and say, okay, I'm, I'm tired of this sin. God, give me what I need to turn from that sin. Give me a heart to hate that sin. Praying for those things. Because if you're, com- turning. If, if you're committing that sin, you, you and your own power can't, you, you're not going to get away from it. No. Again, we need the Holy Spirit. And right. that's why we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. Right. 
use the power that's been given to you. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. If it is unforgiveness, you know, you might need to go get some spiritual counseling depending on the depth of that unforgiveness. That unforgiveness might also be yourself. Yeah. A lot of times we think about forgiveness toward others, but what about forgiving yourself for the mistakes that you made in your past? Mm-hmm. If Christ can forgive you, then so can you. You can forgive yourself too. Absolutely. Learn and make that pain and those mistakes redemptive by learning from your mistakes. Being thankful and grateful for God's salvation. Uh, The bitterness that has been deposited in your heart by someone else, this almost always requires an outside source to help you from the church. Whether it's a Christian counselor, whether it's your priest or your pastor, find a spiritual leader that is more mature than you to help you walk through the process of allowing the Holy Spirit to remove that deposit of bitterness because it's only God's work on that one. Right. And so those are the application points. So you've diagnosed it, you put it into the category, walk in those things, find scriptures, talk to your pastor and just say, you know, I heard this podcast and I really believe I'm walking in unforgiveness. Can you help me walk through this? That's the body of Christ. Christ has equipped the church with everything it needs, you know, and so you've got your, the evangelist, the prophet, the the pastor, teacher, shepherd, and all of those things that Christ has equipped the church with to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? Walking toward unity and spiritual maturity. And so go use those gifts. Go to your pastor, talk to him. Allow him the honor of walking through this process with you. Or go to a spiritual mentor that you know that you can get help in these areas. And whatever it is, whether it's unrepentance, whether it's unforgiveness, or that bitterness, seek help through the kingdom of God. Well, there you go, boys and girls. You got your homework assignment. Yeah. That's uh, and it's it seems like the the assignment gets a little more difficult every time. It's kind of like doing algebra. Yeah. If you don't start at the beginning yep. and learn, you know, okay, what it is, what category it is, but you're never going to get to the part where you can pull that weed out of your life and and move on for that. Exactly. And I'm just going to read this scripture. I just really feel led by the Lord. I've quoted it multiple times, 1 John chapter 1, and I just want to read this to reaffirm the power of confession and listen for the word all. Please listen for the word all in this text. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. (laughs) And that's the beauty of the redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. He has set you free from the legal demands of the law. You have nothing to lose by embracing a life of confession and repentance toward a salvation without regret. Well, if that won't get you through the week, I don't, I don't know what will. So thank you for joining us. Uh, please check us out on Instagram and Facebook and feel free to leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. And if, you, if you'd like to have a conversation with Pastor Brian, do not hesitate to email him at pastor at trinityln.org. That's pastor at trinityln.org. Thank you. Have a great week and God bless you.